So the key to intimacy is conflict. This is almost like a contradiction. If you never have any conflict, you always exist on the surface level. If you never have any conflict, you always exist on the surface level. But when you deal with a conflict in a positive way and resolve it, it creates greater understanding, brings you closer, and makes you stronger. And yes, the sex is even better. My goodness, it's like what? Did I, did I use obscenity here? Are you guys too tired? No. Did you guess it? <laughs> okay, okay. It's what? It's, of course it's spiritual. Of course it's spiritual. Now, let me bring this home to you. Because this is important. Has anyone here has, has ever been in hardship? Or a situation, if some issue, problem, hardship, anybody? Okay, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm. In. Now this is the point. This is the point. Did you notice how you become endeared? Or rather, how Jesus is endeared to you as a result of what He has been brought you through. Yes. You faced a circumstance, maybe you couldn't pay your rent, your car note, you could not pay your tuition fees, you are stricken with a sickness, something debilitating happened to you, and somehow Jesus came through for you. What did that do to you? You have a deeper appreciation for that relationship. Your, your, your confidence in his ability to deliver becomes solidified. What created that? Conflict. Hardship. The hardship, the conflict you, you find yourself in became the opportunity for God to confirm who he is in your life. And when you receive that confirmation, your walk with him deepens. Now you can go with him to greater depth because you know now, yes, you deliver me once, you can do it again. Yes, That's the same thing that conflicts. Now, when I say conflicts, I'm not talking about uh, broken bottles and stabbing yourself with broken bottles. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't. Please, that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not even saying you should be. <laughs> or should <they> exactly. <laughs> So, and I'm not saying that you should even be praying God send me conflict today. No, that's not what I'm saying. So please understand the context in which I'm using this word conflict. I'm just saying, when we learn to deal with life, and we learn to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, for which we've been empowered, when we hit those tough, hard spots, it ultimately strengthens you rather than destroy you. Amen? Just in the same way as a, an athlete that's practicing, that's training, the exercise of the muscles, the muscles, the tension created, yes, in the muscle, it gets stronger, it gets bigger, it's faster. That's the same way. Amen. All right. No pain, no gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. A in this acronym, P E A C A, 
attack the problem and not the person. We really, really have to learn this. Attack the person, the problem, the problem, I'm sorry, attack the problem, not the person. Attack the problem, not the person. Clear example. Jesus spoke to Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. The problem was not Peter, it's Satan. It's Satan. He didn't say, Get, get thee behind me, Peter. He addressed the spirit that was operating in Peter. Okay? Proverbs 10 10. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold proof promotes peace. Amen? And Ephesians 4.15 talks about how we should speak the truth in love so that we can grow, grow up in Christ who is the head. So always make it a point to talk about the problem another person. Now this, this has to be learned. We, we are, we are, we are not natu- it's not natural for us to do this. Because usually our default mode is, ah, you see what you did? You, that, what, you are so stupid. You are so whatever. You know? But we are encouraged to address the problem and not the person. You are never persuasive when you are abrasive. This is very, very important. And the reason this is important is because the wrath of man can never walk the righteousness of God. So don't be abrasive in your approach. If your personality is, 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 is like that, then you need to tone that down when you're about to talk about things that are sensitive. You have to learn to tone it down. Yeah. Amen? You don't get your point across by being cross. You've got to stop fixing the blame in order to start fixing the problem. And so we have seven rules for fighting fear in a relationship. Seven rules. Now, I'm not expecting that you're going to go home and have all this memorized and start doing them tonight. But at least, at least you can start prayerfully trusting God to begin to manifest in you His nature and His character. Number one, never compare. Never compare. Don't compare your spouse, your friend, with somebody else. Is that clear? Do you, do you understand how that works? Yes. Never condemn. Because there's not, therefore not, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Okay? Never command. Make suggestions and don't command. There's a difference between making a suggestion or commanding. Never challenge by giving, making threats. Threats have a way of tearing down or building up. Never condescend, which means don't belittle them. And number six is very difficult. Never contradict, which, which we do by interrupting. And number seven, never confuse by bringing up unrelated issues. Now, that's difficult for me, personally. When I'm talking to a person and and I, I, I think they are talking on this subject and they just switch and change to that other subject and then they switch and my, my head is just going like, I'm like, boom, 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 boom. I just, I just, I just, I just, I just. 
and so it becomes very frustrating because now what do I address now? So we need to learn to, to bring whatever we're talking about in bit, uh, specific uh, uh, small pieces. One piece at a time. One piece at a time. So you start off talking about, okay, yesterday we were in church and you did not do this. And that's the way last week too. I remember you when we were in uh, Saigon. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because what happens is once you start going on those rabbit trails, so you speak for five minutes and you expect them to remember everything you say from now, five minutes later, it's, it's, not, it's not fair. I can't. I can't remember. I mean, because I'm trying hard to remember what you're saying. So the, so the, the likelihood is I'm only remembering last part. I, did, I forgot everything you said at the beginning. That's not effective communication. Take it one bit at a time. One bit at a time. So you can bring something to some kind of conclusion. A closure. That's the word. You know, especially many of us are we, are we are lawyers, we are potential lawyers. We just we just we, 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 we lay the argument out. This is the prosecution. I'm gonna lay it all out. Well that's why we need to estimate. Some of our best friends are lawyers. Ah. Yes. Well, that's why we need to have uh, communication more often because we build <laughs> We build it up, and then when we do have a chance, it's like the uh, the top of the bottle pops open, and everything runs out and run together, right? Yeah. yeah. So just be mindful. I mean, that's 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 uh, it's very frustrating, and uh, you will not get the best result when when you do that. The other person may just shut down and just to tell us, okay, you're, you're on your own. Just keep on talking. Yeah. Amen. C, cooperate as much as possible. Compromise is essential in every human relationship. Try to find areas of common ground and places where you can be flexible. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Amen? James three seventeen. but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace, loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. We, are, we have to be willing to yield. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. More marriages die from inflexibility than from anything else. We just refuse to adjust. We refuse to make compromises. We, all, all, I mean, all, really all we have to do is look at the, even the U.S. government now. We've been in this mode of, if I can say, almost inflexibility for the last eight, nine, ten years. Not just now. The eight years of, of, of Obama was like that. The last, year, last two years or last year for Judge Bush was like that. That's why we have to send people to the, to the Congress that understands these things. I mean, people are, I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. Very inflexible. They will not do what's right for the nation. They'll do what's right for the next election. 
Yeah. Because the world compromise yes. may be very dangerous. If we can't meet <laughs> them, join them, it's different from flexibility. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But we listen to what do you understand what they're saying? Yes. Compromise has it carries a very negative connotation. Compromise means you condescend or you you you, you weak but, but that Flexibility is essential. Flexibility, okay. So, scribe? Is it the same? Well, yes. That, that's the point we're trying to make. Flexibility. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, because we're trying to keep the acronym. Yeah, we so, let's keep the C there, but we just define it. So, where, where did the compromise come from? Let me see. Where am I now? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, so okay, we, we can just strike out the compromise and put cooperation on there. Yeah, that works. Although I understand what I'm trying to say by that word compromise. Yeah, because really, in our society here, that's what we use. Washington is not, the, the, either parties are not compromising one another. That's the point we're really trying to convey. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, Pardon me? Pardon me? To reach a balance. It's, it's right. Leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's leave it there. Because, because, because in our context, the Republicans and the Democrats, they refuse to come. In other words, none of them is shifting. They know the truth. It's terrible. When this healthcare stalemate now, Obama did a good thing. He brought health care to the table. But it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Republicans, they say they're going to fix it. Both of them are just wrong. They are not looking after, after us at all. Man, I wish I was God for five minutes. <laughs> I'll throw all these guys out of office. All of them. On both sides. They don't represent me. Maybe they represent you, but they don't. They don't represent me at all. <laughs> it's, it's really terrible. It's really terrible. Because with what, for healthcare, with what Obama had done, why can't we just fix that? Whatever's wrong, what's wrong with it, let's fix it. Keep the good part and fix the bad part. Why can't we do that? So Obama's group, healthcare was passed by all Democrats, no Republican votes. That's where we are, where we are. So now, Republicans are trying to replace that, passed by all Republicans, no Democratic vote. I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's madness. I don't know what these guys are drinking or smoking. Honestly. Huh? Grass? <laughs> yes. Listen, the book is now yours. Put whatever you want in there. <laughs> For the one I wrote, I'll put compromise. When you rewrite your own, you can put cooperation. <laughs> or whatever, you, whatever, whatever chooses you, you can put it there. <laughs> but I get your point, amen? <laughs>
Pastor Tosin, are you ready for lunch? Huh? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. E. E. Emphasize the conciliation, not resolution. Now, we explain that again. Reconciliation, reconciliation means to establish a relationship. Resolution means to resolve every issue. You may not get to do that. That's not going to happen. Every issue, cross every T, dot every I, you know, that, that. It's not that it's impossible, okay, that maybe, maybe that, it's not that it's impossible to get a resolution. It is possible. But what I'm saying is, initially forgive one another and begin to work on restoring the relationship. It's a process. You're not going to get it done all, depending on what's on the ground, you're not going to get it done all in one day, but we're making progress. We're working towards some kind of goal. You'll get a resolution ultimately, but don't make that the starting point. Does that make sense? You can disagree without being disagreeable. You can listen to the other person politely, understand their position, and say, you know what, honey, I hear what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. But you know what? I just, I just don't see it like that. That's fine. That's fine. You can disagree. But the issue is, how do you disagree? Don't let's disagree by breaking bottles. Amen. And you'll find that, that when you disagree agreeably, it could be weeks later, years later, months later, you may finally come to that point of that discussion. And then you come back and say, wow, now I see what you're saying. How this? When this great thing first started, Dr. Norfolk has been doing, saying it for a long time. He was saying it. I didn't believe it then. But I never went to him and said, man, you guys, you're heretic. You, are, you will go to hell for saying this. Thing. Never. We related, we were friends. He said, he had his position, I had my position. In the same house. And taught in the church. And I did not make him say, well, actually he didn't say it. He didn't say it publicly, but I, but I knew his position. And I'm grateful to God for that because in all of that, all of those years, because there was agreeable disagreement, God was able to bring me around. It's unbelievable. I mean, sometimes I look at God and say, God, how do you do these things? Because the truth was, I was never one day upset with him at all. Not at all. No, in the slightest thing. And so I tell people today, don't discard the friends you have that don't believe where you are. I won't throw them away. I won't condemn them. I won't label them. No. I won't. Because God may bring you around or may bring them around. You will be the key for that turnaround. So you've got to be very careful. You've got to be very, very careful. And I can actually take you to scriptures to show you that God allowed the two churches within one church. The Lord Church and the Grace Church. All within one church. 
Now, I'm not saying that that's what he wanted, but he permitted it. Because he knew that with time, grace will swallow the law. Abba, in the day of David, the tabernacle of Moses was standing. And in that same era, while tabernacle of Moses was standing, was in operation, God allowed David on the side to create a brand new tabernacle of David. And God's preference was clear because the ark was removed from the tabernacle of Moses and placed in the tabernacle of David, which means God's presence left Moses' tabernacle and it's now in David's tabernacle. But God allowed peace to function in both places. Simultaneously. Yes. In the same nation. Same church. Same Israel. So those who were still lost seekers, they had Moses. And were killing the sacrifices. Doing everything. But those who were hungry for the deeper things of God, they had the wisdom of God where there was no longer any need for animal sacrifice, but spiritual sacrifice, praise and worship. Only. In the same day, man, in the same day and time. In the same time. Same time. And God ordained both priests. Both of them. And he said that the people that go to Moses, the priest who is there will not come before him, but let them minister to the people. He made that distinction. So I'm saying that to say, <laughs> don't say to those that you know that's just trying to get along, don't, don't, no, don't kill them. Because if you kill them, you have killed me. You have killed me. Yeah. <laughs> so both tabernacles operated for a while. And you know what's so amazing? Now, this is interesting. Because in, even in that era, Solomon's temple ultimately now came and swallowed up the temple of David and the temple of, of Moses. So what does that mean? Does that mean that God went back to the law? Let's leave that for another subject and that time to address. But the point, the point I'm making, this issue of agree, uh, disagreeing agreeably is very, very important. I mean, we share people, share with, share grace with people. If you understand it, thank God. If they don't, you understand that you are not the Holy Spirit. You cannot give revelation to anybody. Only God can do that. You can have unity in a relationship without having uniform, uniformity. You can have reconciliation without having resolution of every difference. Amen? Okay. Oh, this is good. Page 30. When two people agree on everything, one of them is not necessary. <laughs> one of us is redundant. If on every issue we all say, yes, yes, yes. I mean, wait a minute. What are we both doing here? <laughs> yeah. In courtship, opposites attract. Unfortunately, once they're married, opposites attack. 
<laughs> so we have to get back on track by emphasizing reconciliation rather than resolution. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? So reconciliation is a synonym for being a peacemaker. When you attempt to be a peacemaker, you are doing the work of God. You are restoring relationships. You are doing the work of God. Amen? Human beings are incapable of sustaining the tranquility of order without help beyond themselves. You cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit without God's Spirit. So peace with God talks about our salvation. Peace of God talks, talks about uh, troubled mind. And peace on earth talks about the peace we have in a troubled relationship. Whatever your situation, you can have it in the Holy Spirit. You can have it. Amen? Any questions on this, on, on that? Any questions? Yes. Mike. Thank you, sir, for this teaching. About resolution, mm -hmm. I want to ask that does it mean that we just have to leave some issues unresolved, like kind of let the sleepy dog lie? Like, I really wanted to know where you were that night I was calling you that you were not picking, and we didn't talk about it. Okay, we've agreed, we are back on track. But, like, you just really, 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 like, want to know, want to know, want to know. Sure, sure, sure. So, does it mean that you just, now that you are back and the issues are resolved and you are happy together, should you just let it go? Don't even think about it. No, 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 no. No, that's not what we're saying. Let, let me give you a great, a great example. Um, I'm trying to find a natural example to show you what I'm saying. Um, so I went to the dentist last week. And the dentist told me that I have one particular tooth that I need an implant on. Okay? Implant. And I had a tooth for which I had to have an implant. So she, she's told me the goal. You have to have an implant. She now walked it back to tell me the process. First, you go to this doctor. They do a bone graft. You wait for four months. And then you come back and do... I can't remember what the point about. It's a three-stage process. So the, the goal is implant. But then they walked me back now and told me, first stage, you do this. Next stage, you do that. And ultimately, you get the goal. So what we are talking about is in the resolution. Okay? So you have, you have 19 issues. And all of them are all over the place. Okay? So you finally come to the table and say, okay, honey, let's talk. So you are on a track to talk. But you cannot discuss 19 issues in one day. You wear yourself out. You wear them out. Because remember, both of you are hurting. But the, the nerves are raw. So for me, my advice would be begin to tackle the what we call the low-hanging fruits first. The things that we can quickly get agreement on. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. let, let, let's, let's, take, let's eliminate those. So once we make an elimination, we are making progress. 
So reconciliation is taking place, but there's no resolution yet. But at least we are moving in that direction. We are now talking. So we trust, we, we get the wisdom of God to know, okay, when, when do we talk about the next one? And the next one? And the next one? So you know, you need answers. Yeah, it's important you get those answers. So we're not asking that you sweep the things under the carpet. Absolutely not. But we're saying you use wisdom, and then we're going to get to patience in a minute, where you learn how to pace yourself in getting all the results you want. Because it doesn't happen in one day. You need to know that. that you do not get in that problem in one day, Therefore, don't try to get out of it in one day. Does that make sense? You should know what's going on. Yeah, you should know what's going on. We are talking. But I'm saying you may not cover all the vast issues in one sitting. Because I have some ladies that, I'm, that I, I, I'm treating these issues presently now that I felt like I thought it was right what I just asked. Because after... Uh, what do you call it? Resolution. Yeah. And then they just come back to me and say, PMA, I just, re I just still need to know. I really want to know. I'll be like, I mean, you guys are back together. You are happy. Why can't you just be happy and just let it just go? Like, you know, and then it will just come to me again. Like, I mean, I just really want to know. And I, I was thinking that when I saw that point, that probably I was right for just telling them to just let it just go just just be happy and be together now that you guys are back together there are some things they can let go other things is like an elephant in a room okay so they have to make that determination there is no formula they have to know what are the things that really 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 bug in them for which they need answers I will not tell them to let that go. Because they are the ones in that relationship, not me. So they know how those questions, those, those uh, boxes, those compartments that's not closed in their head, they know how that's affecting them. But the wisdom though is, you cannot say, okay, today, today, you must tell me now. That's the problem. You cannot be abrasive in trying to get that information. You cannot be cross in trying, to, in trying to get across. So all those things, they must understand that. Because that energy, ah, I, I tell you, tell me now. What's, what, what do you He's not going to get him anywhere. Because once the guy sees that, that emotion, his walls are up. His walls are up. So I, I'm not saying for them not to get out. It's important for them to get those answers. But they just have to use wisdom. Look at Nathan. Who was going to confront David about the sin with Bathsheba? A prophet in his right mind, ordained and anointed by God. But he came to the king with a, a parable. Okay, so yes, I think they should get answers. But they need to use wisdom and have the right timing. Yeah. Did I say somebody else said? Did you? I said it? Ah, okay. Praise God. Yes, yes, Doc. Oh, do you have something?
Aha! That is important. That is so important. You have to wisely pick your battles. In other words, every wrong, every wrong, every single wrong, is not something you really want to, uh, to, 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 to make a war over. Some things you can let go. But like I said, the ones that bug you, then you need to talk about them. Yeah. Emphasize that um, if, if you, if I feel that I have been offended by something that my wife does or any other person does, and I want to ask about that issue, there is always the tendency for us to be accusatory. Yes. In other words, if I start by saying you are this or you are that. Now, you are attacking the person. You are not attacking the problem. And the moment I do that, the defense Escalates. will go up. Yes. The defense goes up. So, yes. you don't use that you statement. Avoid the you statement. Because once you do that, you are attacking the person. You are not attacking the problem. I often hear people say, you know, you are a liar. Woo, that's bad. You are a liar. Yeah. And that is just attacking the person. You are saying that that person's identity is a liar. Correct. And what do liars do? Of course they tell lies. And so you can rephrase that by saying, um, Mr. John, you told a lie. That is different from saying that you are a liar. Correct. You told a lie. And that means you're attacking that issue. You're not attacking the person. Correct. Because the moment you do that, the defense goes up. Yeah. I have to protect myself. Of course, I am not a liar, even though I tell, I told a lie. Yeah. You know, I just wanted oh. to... Uh, that, that's very, that's very important. Did you guys understand that distinction? Yes. Did you have something, Prof? Okay. All right. Now, remember what we said yesterday, that the fruit of the Spirit is not only singular... But that some of us are more wired or have uh, uh, a propensity to desire one aspect more than the other. In my, in my own case, just looking at me personally, the area where I need most work in is the one we are about to deal with now. Patience. That's an area that I need more growth, more development, more manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. I always like things done last week. When I'm giving you the assignment, my expectation is you've done it last week. As I'm talking to Joseph Oladapo now, when, when are my notes? Are you gonna, when are you going to finish my notes? I expected them to have been finished last month. <laughs> no, but seriously, seriously, uh, Again, I want us to understand that the fruit of the Spirit is singular, and even though we have a likability to an aspect or the other, we must also understand the challenge for us is that God is able to develop all aspects in our life. 
Because it is only as we manifest all aspects that we truly resemble him. We must keep that in mind. The goal is to be Christ-like. And think of how patient God has been with us. I mean, for me, I, can't, I mean, how many years did it take God to, for me to finally acknowledge and say, God, I want to be born again? And all that while, He loved me and He loved you. Amen? So, patience. The word patience is sometimes, in some other translations, translated as long suffering. So, if you read the New King James, if you read the King James Version, this word patience will be referred to there as long suffering. It is the powerful attribute of remaining steadfast under strain. Patience is the powerful capacity of suffering long under adversity. It is the noble ability of bearing with either difficult people or adverse circumstances without breaking down. Man, I don't know about you guys, all of that is talking to me. <laughs> there are two Greek words that are translated patience in the Bible. They are very similar with just a slightly different emphasis. This is very, very good. Let's, let's just, let's take this very slowly. The first word in the Greek, hupomune. So really, even that hupomune is a compound word. Hupo amune. Okay? So both of those words, hupo and mune, convey to us the meaning of under and abide. So, let's break it down. This word, hupomone, expresses the idea of being under a burden for a long time without succumbing to suffering and without becoming fearful or despondent all the while abiding and not changing in the face of the pressure. Do you get it? Do you see the way the two words come together? Under, you are under pressure. But you are abiding at the same time. In other words, the pressure does not change who you are. That is, the, that is huge, 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 huge. That we get to the place where the pressure that we are under, the difficulty we are facing, does not really constitute or change you. A place in which you do not react to what's happening, rather you respond based on the fact that your, your moral compass is setting in the right direction. Okay? So the picture of Hopomone is the picture of a beast of burden remaining steadily under control as it does heavy, strenuous work for its master without complaint. The picture I get is the picture of a camel. You ever watch National Geographic? And see so those camels laden with all kinds of goods. I mean, they pack them and they're walking in desert. 
you never see them complain or buckle. They just consistently inching towards their destination. The burden they are carrying does not really, it does not change them from a camel to a donkey. They remain steadfast under that pressure. That is the idea that the word patience conveys to us. Okay? So the second word in the Greek is the word makrothumos. Again, two words. Macro and thumos. Macro means long. Thumos means anger. So this word expresses the idea of anger taking a very long time to build before it is ever expressed. And then being under strict control when or if it is ever expressed. This is the exact opposite of being short-tempered. It is not denying that anger exists, but rather expressing it without, with restraint and without revenge. Huge. This aspect of the spirit corporations is really the supernatural, hear this, the supernatural ability to deal with ongoing suffering, frustration, without succumbing to anger against God or anyone else. Are you taking a deep breath? Patience. Developing patience. Anything that must be developed will have to be exercised, and patience is no different. In other words, you will never know or develop patience unless you have to go and show patience. Unfortunately, whenever we have the opportunity to go in patience, most times that virtue is the least likely thing on our minds. In other words, when we're placed in a situation where patience is needed, the last thing we remember is patience. We usually immediately get into our selfish default and look out for number one, which is self. Rather than trusting God, trusting that God will use the situation for our ultimate good. Athletic trials help the athlete to know how his current form or condition and ways he needs to make improvements. So me and you should see every life situation in the same way, paving way for our growth. In the message translation of Romans 5, verses 3, and 5, 3 to 5, this is what it says, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we are hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we are never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't go round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Now, 
We read the story of Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail. We read the story of the three Hebrew boys, Daniel in the lion's den. These men, especially when I look at Paul and Silas, I mean that jail was not the, it's not it's not, it, it's not it, it was not a holiday resort. They had to have been in serious pain, and yet, in spite of what was coming against them, they had enough in them to still be able to have a time of praise and to worship God. How did that happen? They called upon the enablement within them. Now, this, this does not happen overnight. But what I'm saying to us is, and as we said this on Monday night, we have to trust God. We have to trust him. We have to believe that all things work together for good. No matter what it looks like, no matter how painful it may be for tonight, for today, for tomorrow, for this moment, all things ultimately work for good to those who love the Lord and to them that have been called according to their purpose. When I come to the place where I embrace that, and that's not just some cliche or some letter that I have embraced, but the spirit of it, Knowing that God is actually looking out for me. That his plans for me are plans of peace and not of evil. To bring me to an expected end. When I truly know that, then I can rest. I can, I can be at rest. So all of these things, the Holy Spirit makes real for us. Could Joseph have known that being sold into slavery was in fact a, a, an advancement opportunity? And then when he became a slave, walking in Potiphar's house and being falsely accused, like Dr. Nofokos was saying earlier, you know in our conversations, you know what inflames me and you the most? The accusations. You did this. You did that. Once you heard that, defense goes off. We're inflamed. It escalates. Well, Joseph, who avoided sleeping with his master's wife, was falsely accused. And the master did not give him a time of the day to stay, to, to experience himself. Just put him in prison. Could he have known that that false accusation was a needful tool for his promotion? Folks, we need to trust God. Grace, the provision has been made. Faith appropriates it. Bring his to where you and I can have it manifested. But many times, we shortchange that circuit because we don't understand the process. And we curse our blessings rather than embrace our blessings. The Israelites knew the acts of God. Moses knew his ways. 
So what I'm saying to us is, even when I don't understand what's, ha- what's going to happen tomorrow, I don't understand, I don't see it. I, I may not see what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. But something has happened to me now that I don't like. So God, I can't change what's happening. But you know what? I can trust you. Because you are the unchanging changer. And I know you have my back. I don't know how you're going to manifest it, but I'm trusting you in it. So I will not lose my peace. I'll stay in my own lane and let you do what you best can do. Joseph had no idea. False accusations. Because for me personally, when somebody's talking to me, like Doc says, and I feel like an accusation is coming, I get it. I, that's, the, that's the problem. I have a problem with that. But I'm learning to know that even in that, when they don't do it correctly, when it becomes like an accusation, I'm now learning that even in that accusation, God may have something here for me. Now, am I saying I embrace accusation and I love it? No, 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 no. But I'm saying I'm learning to know that God will use any and whatever means necessary to get me to pass my exam. Because if you look at Joseph, in Jacob's house, there was no way his dream could have come to pass. Jacob was a very protective father who loved this boy Joseph so much. He would do everything to make sure those boys don't mess with him. And thereby, the boy would, the boy would never be able to become the leader God is calling him to be. So God had to find a way to get him out of Jacob's overprotective custody. So that the boy can become the real man that God was calling him to be, to be a leader and an influencer. Would Jacob or Joseph have picked being sold to slavery as that means? No. The point I'm making is when we are wronged or when things are happening, hard situations, tough circumstances, I'm asking us to just trust God. God, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know where he's leading. I don't know how the outcome is what's going to come out. But you know what? I'm not moving from my position. I'm righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm adopted. I'm chosen. I'm completed. I'm perfected. I'm yours. I'm your delight. And therefore, it's covered. And just wait for things to play out. Because the wrath of man can never work in the righteousness of God. It can never happen. Amen? So, all the scriptures are, are there for us. James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Be assured, amplified translation here. It says, Be assured that the testing of your faith, how does your, as your t- t- faith test it? Through experience. Through experience. It produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. So, let's, let's talk of, of what, what are the practical ways that mean you have the opportunity every day to manifest patience. At home, at work, among our peers, with our children. What's, what are some of the practical ways that you're going to be challenged today, tomorrow, next week, to demonstrate this? Irrational drivers on the road. Irrational drivers on the road. 
Okay. Driving. Okay. Let's look at relationships. Since since our theme is fruitful and healthy relationships. Okay, so for me, for instance, if I said to my wife, we're leaving at 5 p.m., why are you guys laughing? In fact, in fact, in fact, in fact, in fact, there was a time we were going to take a trip. This is before I got this message. So let me give you, let me give you guys the, <laughs> the <laughs> disclaimer ahead of time. But true story, nonetheless. I said, we're leaving for the airport at 3 p.m. She was not ready. I left. Sammy had to be at the airport. Do you remember that? No, I wouldn't do that today, but I did then. <laughs> I said, hey, come back to this. I did. Yeah, I did. I left her behind. <laughs> I did. Now, nah, like I said, I will not do that today. That's your <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I was a pastor. Oh, I was a pastor. Oh, no, no. It's not, I was born again. I was born again. But I was definitely under the law. I was under the law. Now, the reason I got to that point is because, number one, I'm a stickler, stickler for time, for punctuality. Because I think that my time is very important, and I believe that time is life. That, that, that principle has not changed. So I want you to make sure. So I'm not, I'm not now saying to you that tardiness is embraced. No. No. But I brought that point up because that is a very sore point for me. So, okay, we're going to eat. I said, okay, I'll, I'll be asked. I said, okay, what time do you want us to leave? Now, I'm not going to ask. The, I'm not going to set the time any longer. So now you tell me, what time should we be ready? So now you've told me 2 o'clock. My expectation is 2 o'clock, we get in the car, we leave. Because now you said the time I didn't. But over the times, now I think, I think there's been improvement in that area. There's been improvement. I need to, I need to say that. There's, there's been improvement. But that's always been a challenge for me. Because for trips, I will have packed, I'm ready to go maybe three days before the trip. I'm all packed. I know exactly what I'm taking. I know the bag I'm using. I know everything I need. And when I'm doing the packing, I'm saying, listen, I'm doing this so, because I, I, especially now in my later years, that I'm, I don't want to forget any important thing. So rather than try to pack in a hurry, I'm doing it a little bit at a time. Over a two, three day period. So that by, by two days before, I'm good to go. I can rush in there, pack my bags, I'm gone. Nothing will be forgotten. So that's an area that I'm, I'm having to learn patience. Because I'm a stickler. Time is time. I've got to go. I've got to go. That has not changed. Yeah. But I'm just learning now that if she's not ready, instead of dropping her or me, that I just have to calmly sit there, bite my nails, take a chill pill. No, I can't read a book because my, my, my brain is <laughs> my brain is too fried to read a book. <laughs> no, seriously. So that's what I'm talking about. That life is not that serious. You, pardon me? Oh, I thought you said something. So, so, so those, that's reality. 
And the more I'm able to handle the tardiness speaks to my development. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's not a matter of them changing. Because whether they change or not, that's not the issue. The issue is, what's happening with me? It's me that has to change. It's me that has to change. And ultimately, my change may influence and impact them that they change. But the issue is whether they change or not, I have got to get to that place where I continually display this nature of Christ. Amen. Home, your immediate relationships, you're going to leave this. this, this when you guys say it's time to go to Maryland, you, that's, one, that's, that's, a good, that's a good place where when you say you're going to leave at 6 p.m., that's, that's going to be a good place for patients to come forth. Yeah. Or whatever the thing is. Pardon me? Your new yeah. inspiration now. Yeah, my new inspiration. What do you mean by that? You mean being chill, chill pill? Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I have a wedding. Officiating at the wedding. Yeah. She knows about it. We know the time that is set. The night before, I reminded her we are ready. We need to go. Unfortunately, it's not in our church, and the church where the wedding is taking place is a rented church, and the people are stickler for time. I have to go. <laughs> and by the time we, I got there, waiting, I was already a little bit late, but I was still able to, you know, get there on time, a little bit, just close to the time. Yeah. But now... I'm officiating with another pastor because the spouse is from another church. Okay. And I was trying to cause a little bit of, you know, dragging it. And, and the guy said to me, you know, Bishop, we got to go. Because my wife is still not there. So eventually, of course, my wife got there. <laughs> I helped save the seat. I'm saying, I'm sorry to use ourselves as an example. I've been using myself all week. But, I, but, I, but I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. understanding what you're saying, yeah, I was not angry, but it was not a good mood driving alone to that place, and it was so far. Okay, that's not a problem. Now, where we are now, on Sunday morning, because I don't want to go through those kind of. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to have to come to church no, no, we drive, angry. We drive separate that's exactly what I'm saying. So, like this. so what's the difference? No, because she's officiating too. Oh, both yeah, of them are officiating the wedding. Both of them are officiating the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I, I, I want to help him out. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's wow. very simple. And uh, before we get to the test of patience, yes. there is something else that ought to have been done. Okay. You already know the time. Yes. Okay? This program starts so, so, so time. Yes. You know how long it will take you. Yes. You calculate when you should leave home. Yes. Wait, I'm coming now. I'm coming. <laughs> Since you know when you will leave home, because it's a darling you have stayed with for over 25 years, you yes. also know how long it will take. Ah, you walk backwards and give 
Factor of safety. No, I'm not sure you did that. Wait now. Uncle <laughs> <laughs> factor of safety. I'm telling you this for real because I go through it too. Yes. You put factor of safety okay. of 30 minutes to 45 minutes, starting from the time she will wake up. You have calculated this, you have calculated. So you will be wait and call me. Then it will not be the last minute. The failure will not be last minute. If you have failed, you will have known that that the rate this thing is going. Okay, the time of waking up that ah, that we are already failing. So it's not going to be that day. So you need to avoid that by walking backwards and assisting here, dear. You, you don't you think you need this? You push that. You, push that. <laughs> you walk backwards before the thing ever happens. There is no way you will do that because if you don't do that, at the end of the day, the failure you will be confronted with it. And by the time you are confronted with it, it's not about patience again. Okay, it's about integrity. You will get it. You will miss it. So you need to walk backwards and start monitoring the thing. And the moment you know that this thing is not working, okay, maybe that's where patience will just work. You now make a call. <laughs> the way things are going here, <laughs> there is going to be a problem. So I think we just need to walk back. I'm going to let you know, respond. But I like one thing you said that all of us may can learn from. Mm. What you just said about what can you do to help her so that she's not so that she'll have more time to prepare. I think that's one thing all of us can learn. Yeah. To, to really, to really, to really help. Yes. Yeah. Now. Thank you, Professor Mike. Thanks for being on my side. Oh, uh, really, sir? I, I'm really trying to work on time. I've, I've, I've improved a lot. But this wait, 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 wait. The testimony about your improvement should not come from you. Okay. No, no, no. Seriously, seriously, yeah. seriously. Okay, sir. Remember the Amish community? Yes, sir. Ask my neighbor. Ask my neighbor. Okay. So, if we want to know if you have improved, you really should be the one that we should be telling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be- because what happens? No, do you seriously? And I'm glad that we're talking about this generally. This is a family. This is what happens. As human beings, we have a tendency to give ourselves a pass mark and score the next person very hardly. So, in order to eliminate that partiality, it's always best to have other people score us. That's when we really know whether we're making progress or not. Having said that, though, go ahead there. So uh, that morning of the of the wedding, what had happened was the morning that Pastor Bodel lost his dad. Okay. That extra time was not factored into anything because we didn't know that was going to happen that Saturday morning. Yes. So we have to wake up very early to go to Pastor Bodel's house, house to go and minister to him. That took out of my time, sir, because I already. Yeah, I already have a way that I'm going to make myself ready so we can go on time. Okay. But since we have to get out of the house to go and minister to Pastor Body, that took from my own time and he did not consider that. From from a pastoral point of view, yes. From a pastoral point of view, 
Yes. And looking at these patients yes. in line or in rurally to you know the situation within the context yes. of um, wedding. Now, a marriage. Sorry. No, not marriage. It's wedding. Uh, attending wedding. Now, the the pastors are there. The um, the couples will be waiting. They are not there. How long will they? Because some pastors, I'm talking of patients now, they stick to time. And when in my own church, my pastor will start exactly at that time. And they will be going through the program where, you know, the bride and uh, the, where they have this keep it. And, oh, yes, you know, because we have about five, six weddings to do on that day. And the, the first, you know, is not that. So where will the patients come in this situation? Okay. That's not, that's not an issue of patience. That's an issue of integrity. And to, to answer that, I have refused to do a wedding on the basis of that. I left. I left. Yeah, I did. I left. I did not do the wedding. Now, I just didn't arbitrarily leave. I wounded the couple doing the marital counseling. It is your wedding. You set the date. God and I will honor you by showing up at the time you set. And I said to them, if you are not there at that time, bring your own picture. Because I will not be there. Particularly weddings of people of this position. This, this, we, have this, we have this thing called the African timing. What in the heck is that? Yeah. How are you going to tell me to be at some place at 10 o'clock and you are still asleep at 10? You are putting your eyebrow, you are doing your play, and, and you want me to wait for how long? I didn't wait. Well, most of, uh, unfortunately, most of the most of the delays. I mean, that the one I've been I've been privileged to be a part of. Uh, in this particular case, I've, I don't know what the bride said. She forgot. She, she forgot. Avail. Okay, avail. Well, so I had to make a call. I left. I left. So, 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 because it's a matter of integrity. That, that's not a matter of patience. But in the case where you have two, three to be done in that church, you yeah. yeah. I mean, everything's going to it's no, it's be a snowball effect. Yeah. It's going to be a domino effect. It's going to impact everybody. And that's why it's important for, for, for people to get a message. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, another one, we did it. And the family was not there. That's what happened. The, I think the sister of the bride was not there. Yeah. One of them was not there. And we set the time. We started on time. And while the wedding was going on, the family came in and wanted to... It was a physical fight. Uh-uh. Yeah. Fist, and they, they, wanted, they, were, they wanted to hit Pastor Tosin. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a fist fight. How dare you marry my sister when I'm not there? Who are you? Oh. Your sister is here. How good is there? God is here. We don't need you. 
because if it was important to them, they should have been there. You know, so, so uh, you know, as you travel to different places, we went to Brazil. Church in Brazil, if it says 10 a.m., they actually meet 1 p.m. They are worse than uh, Africa. It's, it's terrible. Yes, it's terrible. Very terrible. 10 a.m. They, they expect for you to understand to be 1 p.m. So it was a very difficult thing for us to understand that. And, and so many people are leaving the so-called Pentecostal charismatic churches and going back to the Orthodox churches. Because those guys have structure. Yeah. That was the trend that was taking place in Brazil. I don't know if that's changed now. But that's, that's good. Any other contribution on that? Did we get all, that, all, of, all of that out? Okay. Let's see how much material do we have here. Let's go to uh, are we all kind? Is kindness an easy thing? You show kindness? Or do you? Huh? We're not kind? <laughs> okay, let's do kindness. Let's do kindness. Pick 36. For the fruit of the spirit, kindness is where the, it's one of those places where the rubber beats the road. Because kindness can be simply defined as love in action. Love in action. So I say I love you, I say I care about you, act. Kindness is the means, the opportunity for you to show you the love you have. Amen? Kindness is from the Greek word philanthropia, which means love for humanity. Or what we now know in the scripture as loving kindness. This was a kind of hospitality extended by the natives of Malta to Paul and other victims of a shipwreck. Kindness always translates into action. Always. Acts 20 verse 2. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. This is very important within the context of any relationship. The lawyer in the scripture came to Jesus with a question. And Jesus' answer to him summarized the essence of Christianity. We see this in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39, where we talk about which uh, is the greatest commandment of the law. Teacher, which is the great commandment of, in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your, all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I think, Pastor David, I didn't answer your question. You were asking me if in grace, I will still not do a wedding with your late. I will still not do it. No. Because it's an issue of integrity. But just so I can give you the full answer to that problem back then, I had associates associate pastors who stepped in and did it. I just didn't do it. So the wedding was not cancelled. I just didn't do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, now, I left it up to them, these associates, to determine if they would do it. I didn't force or compel them. You must understand that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think Pastor Jamal did it. Jamal yes. Baker. 
Is that what happened? Yes. Yeah, Jama. You remember Jama? He did that word in that day. Interestingly, now this is the amazing thing. Just so you know this, pastors. The couple never left the church. They didn't leave the church. In fact, the wife was here, was it Monday? Yesterday. They never left the church. How long ago was this? About 15 years now. I pray the fifth. I don't want to answer that question. Is that okay? Yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is what this is what important. We should not be afraid to make the tough calls. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed how making tough calls establishes boundaries of safety. They never left the church. In fact, nobody asked me after the day, Pastor, what did, they never asked me what, did you know, what, what happened. They didn't. Now, of course, I prepared them to let them know if you're late, so I, I, I won't be here. So I don't know if that was what happened. I don't know. But what I'm just saying is they never left the church. So you need to, you need to be mindful of that. Yes. There's something I, I noticed. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That I just want to point our attention to. Mm-hmm. There's been this situation in Nigeria that yes. when you hear a new message, yes. it's not because it's part of the minister before, but you just carry the new message the way you hear it and start operating in them. The couple or the lady didn't leave the church because she knew that you weren't taking this partner. It's your lifestyle. It's a standard. Hmm. Everybody was sure this is how you will act, even if it happens to someone close to you. Hmm. Now, when we, hmm. back in Nigeria, hmm. when you hear a new message, like hmm. from here, you hmm. just take it back to your church and say, you don't come on time, I won't wed you. It's not be your standard in the church before. You know? It's not be your standard in the church before. And then the person takes the personal and feel offended. And you can't even maintain it because it's not your standard. Wow. You have not really been accustomed to that kind of life. So it costs a lot of havoc. And then we are not able to really get what we wanted to get to. I just wanted to point out. Yes. That's a two dollar zone. But can I add this too? That please? is tremendous word of wisdom. Yes. Tremendous word of wisdom. But it's very important to be consistent. That's what I'm hearing. The integrity of being consistent. You are right. You're very right. That's, that's very important to consider. Yes. But the person, uh, even though you're hearing the new message, then you have to go back to your roots or to your church and begin to establish the order in which going forward, this is what we're going to be doing. And then you be the partaker of the first partaker of it and live it out. But you can't just say, I heard something and I'm going to disregard it because the people may not, they may get offended. Because change is the only way we're going to grow 
and, 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 and coming to the fullness of God, we got to start. We have to take a start, and um, then our people follow us. Amen. So, uh, so I take both sides. Let me just, let me just bring you the, the balance again here now. I hear what she's saying. I hear what she said. I don't think what she's saying, what Envy is saying is that, uh, is that you don't establish the order. Anything called order takes time. You cannot establish in just one message. Okay, so you teach them. You share with them from now on. We've been very sloppy. We've not followed time. We're going to start following time. You begin it as, and then you start taking those baby steps where people begin to see that you actually mean what you're saying by doing some things. Your message and your life has consistency. But you don't establish consistency in one day. By just taking one action, I'm consistent. No, no, no. It takes a pattern to establish that consistency. And then once the pattern is established, when you start meting it out to all that, there will be a point of reference because they know. For instance, for instance, even till today, there's hardly anybody that gets to church before me. Hardly. Hardly, no one beats me here. So, 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 when you talk about punctuality, it's not just a matter of when you are doing a wedding. If you wait to, to a wedding to be punctual, you are already late. That's that's hypocrisy, because you are late in every situation. You just want to be punctual for a wedding. That's that's not consistent. Do you do you see do you see what I'm just saying now? So, so I'm not just trying to be punctual for a wedding and I'm tardy when it comes to showing up. Now, when I get here at 9 o'clock in the morning, it's not because I have something that I have to be doing something. But leadership from my understanding is not leading from behind, but leading from the front. If something is going to go wrong in a, in a, in a service, I don't want to have IBK, Tosin, Pastor Shino to call me at home and say, oh, the roof is leaking, the earthquake has happened. No, I, I, wa- I, want, I want to be there so that I can guide them in that process if something happens. So you don't leave from behind. That's the problem. That's been the problem. You're telling people what to do, but you're behind. Do you understand that? So that's the marriage of both contributions. Yes, you teach, you demonstrate what you, the change you want, you leave the change you want, and then others will catch up. Does that make any sense? But I really think that that contribution is very important. Otherwise, we offend people unnecessarily. The change is needful. But I think how you navigate the change is what we are talking about. Otherwise, you create more damage than the change you are trying to make. Does that make sense? Okay. Good. 